Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 5th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I didn't get rich on the big Reddit silver squeeze. Then again, I didn't really expect to, to be honest. In fact, after a quick run-up in both silver and gold, both metals tanked hard as the week went on. The Redditor's attention on silver did push the price to over $29 an ounce, but that was pretty short-lived. The silver market is just too big for small retail investors to drive up the price. You would have had to have some institutional money jump in. Uh, Peter Schiff talked about this in his podcast, and that just wasn't going to happen. At any rate, gold dropped below $1,800 an ounce yesterday. Like I said, a big sell-off. Dollar strength is putting a drag on metals. But we did rebound back above $1,800 this morning, and we're currently trading at $1,802 as I record the podcast. Silver is back down around $20. 2625 after the short-lived Reddit bubble. Today I want to take a little bit of a different tact with this show. You know, pretty much every week I hammer on Federal Reserve monetary policy and underlying economic dynamics and those kinds of things. Sometimes, honestly, I feel like I'm a broken record. So today I want to talk a little about the fundamentals in both the gold and silver market, supply and demand, because I think Fundamentals are solid for both metals, and I think sometimes it's important to cut through the smoke, through the news of the day, and kind of take a uh, longer-term view of things. You know, all of this Reddit stuff has kind of got me thinking, and here's a question for you. There are two different ways of engaging the markets. You can be a speculator or an investor. Which are you? I'm definitely, I definitely lean toward investor. I think long-term. I'm I'm trying to build positions in certain assets that I think are going to appreciate over time. I really don't worry all that much about big dips and rises in the market. I'm a buy and hold kind of guy. Now, don't get me wrong. If silver had really blown up due to the Reddit stuff, I had a number in mind where I was ready to sell silver and take profits. And then I would have bought back in when that bubble inevitably deflated. But by and large, I'm not worried about what silver and gold do today. I'm thinking, what will my gold and silver be worth in 10 or 15 years? It's a totally different mentality from the speculator who is trying to play the short-term ups and downs in the market. Now, I don't think either approach is wrong. You can make a lot of money fast speculating, but you can also lose a lot of money fast. I think some of the GameStop people just learned that lesson. Investing tends to be a bit more conservative. I'm not going to become a millionaire overnight, but over time, I hope to preserve and expand my wealth. That's really how I'm looking at things. I'm doing the best I can to plan for my future so I don't have to get up at 5 a.m. on Friday to do a podcast when I'm 70, unless that just happens to suit me. Now, you know, I understand why some people get frustrated when they hear somebody like Peter Schiff talking about a dollar crash and a big gold bull market, and then six months later down the road, uh, gold is down. Most people don't have a very long time horizon, especially young people. You know, I just turned 54, so I'm not ancient, but I'm starting to get into that neighborhood. And I've noticed that as I get older, my sense of time has changed. You know, 10 years doesn't seem that long to me. Like when I was a kid, you know, a year felt like decades. But it seems like just three years ago, my daughter was in kindergarten and now she's in grad school. So 
you know, your sense of time kind of compresses. And when that happens, it's easier to be patient. But here's the thing. Nobody knows exactly when these big macro swings are going to happen. We're looking at the trajectory of monetary policy and the economy, the debt and the money printing, and then we're applying our understanding of economics, and we're saying this isn't sustainable, not long term. This bubble economy is going to pop. But that doesn't necessarily tell you what the price of gold will be in June or when the stock market is going to crash or how the markets are going to respond to the unemployment report that comes out this morning. You know, thinking long term, that kind of stuff, that that news of the day doesn't bother me. But I know some people look at things from a different perspective, and that's fine too. So anyway, I'm sorry, I bunny trailed a bit there, but that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking at this point in time. So I was going to talk about fundamentals. Let's start with silver since silver is on everybody's mind. I'm sure there are a lot of people very disappointed that silver didn't get a big push by the Reddit Raiders. And I bet there are some people out there listening that are pretty mad right now because they bought silver and now they feel like they've lost their money. Don't fret. Just hold on to it because the fundamentals for the white metal are pretty down, pretty darn bullish right now. Even before this Reddit business, a lot of analysts uh, at several of the big banks were projecting $50 silver this year. So if you bought in at $29, $50, that would be a pretty nice profit, right? So, I've got three reasons to be bullish on silver. In the first place, silver is at its core a monetary metal. Silver has been used as money for thousands of years. Ultimately, it behaves like a monetary metal, and it tends to track with gold over time. As government fiat currencies devalue, silver and gold both tend to hold their value as the price increases in dollar terms. As I talk about pretty much every single week on the show, we are in an unprecedented era of dollar devaluation, money printing out the wazoo. The money supply increased at a record pace last year as the Federal Reserve responded to the pandemic, and there is no sign that the money printing is going to abate. And as I've talked about before, there is no way that the Fed can exit from this crazy monetary policy. It has to continue monetizing the ever-increasing government debt, and it has to hold interest rates artificially low. If it were to back off on quantitative easing and allow interest rates to rise, it would collapse the debt-ridden U.S. economy. On the other hand, if it continues this reckless money creation, it will eventually crash the dollar. So either scenario is bullish for silver, and for gold too for that matter. The Fed's expansionary monetary policy has already driven investment demand for silver to five-year highs. Silver coin and silver bar sales in the U.S. have helped push big gains in investment demand. And it continued into January. The U.S. Mint reported a 24.15% increase in Silver Eagle sales. It was the best January for Silver Coin sales at the Mint since 2017. And we've also seen this huge inflow of Silver into Silver ETFs. Now, on top of that, the investment demand, most analysts expect industrial demand for Silver to rebound this year. 
While silver is fundamentally a monetary metal, more than half of global demand comes from industrial and technological applications. Silver's unique chemical properties make it indispensable in all sorts of modern applications. In the first decade of the 21st century, silver demand for electronics, computers, healthcare, and other high-tech industries expanded dramatically. This reflects two of the metal's key characteristics. It has the highest thermal and electrical conductivity of any metal, and it's widely available. It also has antibacterial properties, so you see it used a lot in healthcare. As you might expect, non-investment silver demand dropped in 2020 due to the economic contraction thanks to the government's response to the pandemic. March and April saw precipitous drops in demand, but the market has shown signs of recovery already. Analysts expect industrial demand will rebound further as the global economy begins to recover from the impacts of the coronavirus. Silver demand will also likely get a boost from the push towards solar power and other green energy initiatives in the coming years. Solar power generation is expected to nearly double by 2025. So even if the global economy recovers more slowly than expected in the wake of the pandemic, and that's kind of what I suspect is going to happen, green energy demand for silver is likely going to remain robust. Because think about it, government stimulus plans, they're all going to fund this green energy business. Green energy is going to get its money whether the overall economy rebounds or not. On the supply side, mine output fell sharply in 2020. Silver production was projected to fall by 6.3%. That was the last figure I saw. The big drop in silver output, of course, is largely a function of mine shutdowns due to the coronavirus. But mine output was already trending down before the pandemic. In fact, global mine production fell 1.3% in 2019. So, uh, you know, the, the mine output was much less this last year, but it's part of a downward trend. Finally, silver is still undervalued compared to gold. Even with the recent run-up in the price of silver, the silver-gold ratio is still over 67 to 1. This is historically high. Basically, it's silver on sale, and at some point, you will expect silver to make a run to close up that ratio. The dynamics in the gold market are actually pretty similar to silver. Last year, we saw record investment demand, but overall demand fell. The sharp drop in jewelry sales uh, couldn't be offset by investment demand. Now, like silver, investment demand has continued into 2021. According to the U.S. Mint, American Gold Eagle sales were up 267% year-on-year last month. It was the strongest month for Gold Eagle sales since April 2013. And after two consecutive months of outflows, gold ETFs globally increased gold holdings by over 13 tons in January. So investment demand is continuing to be robust. And like the silver market, we expect to see an increase in overall demand for gold as the coronavirus fades. Jewelry demand should rebound. We're actually already seeing signs of revival in the Indian uh, gold market, which is the second largest in the world. I'll link to an article in the show notes page that highlights that. But the thing that I really have my eye on with gold is supply. Total gold supply fell 4% year-on-year in 2020 to 4,644 tons. It was the largest annual decline since 2013, according to data released by the World Gold Council. 
Now, as you would expect, the decline was primarily driven by disruptions in mine production due to the pandemic, just like silver. Gold mine output fell 4% on the year. More significantly, it marked the second straight yearly drop in mine production and continued a trend of flatlining gold mine output. And it's that trend that I really find interesting. Starting around 2015, mine production started to fall off. It was going up year on year, but by smaller and smaller amounts. Output was nearly flat in 2018, and then mine production fell by 1% in 2019. Now, historically, mine output has generally increased every single year since the 1970s. 2008 was an exception with the uh, financial crisis, but generally, we've seen gold mine output increasing. The recent slowdown in mine production, even before the coronavirus, is more concerning. In fact, some have speculated that we may be at or near peak gold. This is the point where the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year. Some prominent players in the mining industry think we're close to that point. The issue is the easy-to-get gold has all been mined. The gold left in the earth is more expensive to pull out of the ground. On top of that, we've had a three-decade decline in the discovery of new gold deposits, despite increases in exploration funding. The bottom line is we could be entering a long-term and possibly irreversible period of less available gold. Even if we're not at peak gold, a lot of the mining analysts say we're going to see this continuing downward trend in production over the next several years. So, Overall, I think the fundamentals look really good for both gold and silver. And I think it's important that investors not lose sight of those basic fundamentals. It's really easy to get caught up in the news of the day and the wild market swings and to get you know, over-exuberant and then the next day be uh, overly discouraged. And of course, that's important to follow. You know, I'm not saying we don't follow those things. That's important. But every once in a while, it's, we need to step back and focus on the fundamentals. So that's kind of what I wanted to do today. If you want to learn more about the dynamics in the silver and gold markets, I highly recommend talking with a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. You can just call 1-888-GOLD-160. You can shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. I know they're really busy right now. The the, uh, Reddit thing really did put a lot of attention on silver, and I think there's still a lot of investment interest, so they're busy, but they will get to you, uh, and, and they're great. They can help you figure out how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap. We're at iTunes. We're uh, on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're in some other places. You'll find links to all of that over on the show notes page. I do appreciate you listening to the show. And hey, I'll talk to you again next week.